Good afternoon and welcome to today's webinar, The New Face and Beyond, AdWords Updates 2018, brought to you by Hennepin Marketing in partnership with Optimizer. Joining us today is Fred Valleys, the founder of Optimizer. Fred, welcome back. Looking forward to presenting with you again. Yeah, likewise, Jeff. Uh, good to be back, as usual. Yep, and I think uh, we have some of the more important updates that we've given in a long time. So looking forward to getting into this webinar today. Yeah, this one is uh, especially timely with the announcement that we got yesterday. So should be a good one. I agree. And my name is Jeff Baum, and I'm the Director of Services at Hennepin Marketing, and I'll be your webinar host today. Who is Hennepin? Hannapin is a digital marketing agency of experts that increases market share for businesses with multiple brands, regions, products, and or service lines. In other words, that means if you have a complex PPC or paid social account and you have a complex business model, then Hannapin is the expert agency for you. Uh, in addition to paid search and social, our solutions also encompass display advertising, shopping, mobile, and CRO, and we work across a variety of industries. We're also the producers of PPC Hero and HeroConf. PPC Hero is the world's largest PPC-only blog, and HeroConf is the largest PPC-only conference. And here's a list of some of our clients, some of our biggest and most prestigious ones. We uh, have clients of all shapes and sizes, ranging from the Weather Channel and Iceland Air to smaller clients that are just starting out in the PPC world. And we'd love for you in the audience to join in on the conversation. If you have any questions today that you want to submit, just send them through the webinar question box. Or if you want to use Twitter, just use the hashtag ThinkPPC to shoot us your questions or any comments you might have. And now it's time for our first live poll question. How long have you been in PPC? Zero to one year, one to three years, three to five years or five plus years, and we'll give a minute for you to answer. So Fred, how long has it been now that you've been in PPC? I think it's coming up on 20 years since 1998. Uh, out of my college dorm room at Stanford, I was trying to sell VHS cassettes by buying ads on goto.com. Um, I was pretty bad at it. Um, I actually sold a good number of videos, but my PPC skills were lacking at the time. Um, and then I joined Google in 2002, and then uh, uh, sort of it dawned on me, and I got really good at it, I think. And then so, been doing it professionally since 2002. How about you, Jeff? So I'm coming up on 15 years, but it might as well be day one with all the changes that are coming out. So it's uh, exciting to relearn. It's given me some new energy to uh, see how the machine is driving uh, PPC forward. So it's great to take all those years of experience, but also to see all the changes that are coming on. So we have your results in. So 16% of you are fairly new with zero to one year. Uh, 24% have one to three years of experience, 26% have three to five years of experience, and a majority of you, 34%, have five plus years of experience. So we have a more experienced crowd uh, at today's webinar, but I think you're going to find for any experience level, the uh, level of uh, insight uh, that we're gonna bring today through our updates to be uh, very useful for you. 
So now I'll turn it over to Fred, who's going to start talking about Google Ads and how it's going to become more automated. Thank you, Jeff. Um, so actually, there was a question. So somebody's wondering if you will be talking about paper call. Uh, I specifically will not. I'll cover mostly shopping and what's happening with automation. So uh, is that something you'll cover, Jeff? I don't believe so, right? Wrong button. I will not be covering paper call today. Okay, good. So, uh, but do stay on. We have lots of other interesting content. And of course, I think uh, to frame this all up, yesterday or the day before, Google basically put out an announcement and said AdWords is no more. It's now going to be called Google Ads. Um, and the new interface, the one we're talking about today, is going to be taking over um, later in July, right? So it's no longer the end of the year that we're looking at. We actually do have to make the move to that new interface very soon. Jeff is going to talk mostly about that new interface and how it all works. I wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the things driving uh, a lot of the change that we see in the industry. So uh, I've done a number of keynotes on this topic, one at uh, HeroConf. I think I'll be doing a similar one at HeroConf London later this year. But it's basically AdWords is becoming so automated that many of us have to ask questions like, should I even continue doing this job, right? Or is the computer going to take it over? Um, sh should I even leverage software like optimizers? Or is Google going to be much better at it? Um, should I work with an agency like Hennepin? Uh, or is their role like dramatically shifting given how much computers can do? And so that kind of frames the conversation here of Google ads getting more automated. So if we look at the next slide, a couple of the recent updates uh, that we've all seen is that you have responsive text ads. So things that we've always sort of held sacred as something that humans needed to do in PPC management, like being creative and coming up with new ad texts. Uh, Google is doing much more of that. So now instead of saying, give us a couple of ads that we can test between, they're saying, give us a bunch of headlines, give us a bunch of description lines, and we'll just put it together in any way that we see fit, and we'll let the machine learn what resonates best with different consumers based on the different factors that we can look at, like where is that person based, what device are they using, what is the specific search that they're doing, and let us as Google try to show you the best ad possible to get you to your goal, right? So it's uh, goal-based campaigns, much more automation coming into play. And all of this is driven by artificial intelligence, machine learning, and just the tremendous advancements that we see in these things. And so one point, and I don't have really a slide about this, but even if you think that today we are still better as humans at doing these things, the acceleration of artificial intelligence is at such a speed that very easily the thing that we're still better at today Within two years, we might not be the best at uh, doing that anymore, right? So responsive text ads is one of the, the starting points with this. Now look at the next slide here. This is about new campaign types. So as part of Google's announcement yesterday, they said that basically for small business advertisers, they want to simplify campaigns. They want to have just a smart campaign where you basically put in what your goals are. You give a bunch of images, a bunch of text, and let Google handle it, right? So instead of even picking broad match keywords, just like Google figure out what it is that you should show up for, let Google figure out whether you should be on the display network, on search, on YouTube, on any of these other platforms. Um, another announcement, and, and so when I was making these slides uh, a week or two ago, Google had just come out with a new automated shopping campaign type. And so to me, this made a lot of sense because if we look at shopping, and I'll talk much more about shopping, but shopping is not easy, right? Shopping is a relatively complicated thing, and it, it's kind of counterintuitive because with shopping ads, all you have to do is give Google a feed of all the products that you sell. 
And then they kind of handle figuring out the targeting. They figure out how to show the ads based on putting together the images with the price. Um, but if you really want to optimize it, it, it is actually quite complicated. And so a lot of advertisers may still be scared of all of that optimization work. So it makes total sense for Google to say, let us expand the availability of this type of advertising to more and more advertisers by making it easier. And we've seen this time and again, right? We've seen AdWords Express. We've seen all sorts of smart campaigns and they've been named various things over the years. But this is basically ways to make advertising online more accessible to less sophisticated advertisers. So I think the people attending this webinar today, you're going to want to hear about some of the things that we're doing when it comes to managing shopping ads, right? This automated shopping campaign type, it's awesome if you don't have time to spend on PPC. But if you're like most people on this call, uh, if you're an agency, you probably do want to go a little bit more in depth. And this is probably not the campaign type that you're going to want to choose at this point in time because it's going to take away too much of the control of the things that you want to do and you, you think you should be doing. So uh, let's take a look at that next slide. Um, so the final thing here on some automation is that Google has actually recently come out with a really cool uh, add-on, they call it. So it's an automation for a Google spreadsheet where you can now generate reports. So the list of reports is somewhat limited. I think there's only about 10 of them, but it's very easy to use. You, you go into uh, the add-on menu item in Google Sheets and you select the Google AdWords one. You authorize to your AdWords account, and now you can say, populate one of the tabs on the spreadsheet with all of my search queries from specific accounts, meeting certain criteria in terms of filters. And so these types of reports that you might have had to put together manually in the past or using one of the scripts that I've written and, and put on search engine land for the most part. Um, but now there's another option to do these types of things. Uh, something like Supermetrics, if you've been paying for that, a lot of that capability is now freely available from, from Google directly. So a really great way to get the underlying data into your system so that you can do more with it. Um, and make your optimizations a bit more advanced. So I'm excited about this. It's relatively new, so I did want to point it out. Um, and it is not a new interface, but right, one complaint with the new interface is that people's way of working has to change. Um, now, if you've done a lot of work in spreadsheets with your data, then this is an awesome way to get that data into the spreadsheet more easily so that as you take time to learn a new interface, you can still continue to manage the accounts sort of the old-fashioned way through a spreadsheet and eventually uploading everything into the AdWords editor, uh, one of the tools I was involved with when I was working at Google. So let's look at the next slide here. So I, I wanted to cover a number of things as well. Um, oh, and that, that's what the output looks like. So let's go one more slide. So um, the when it comes to automation, people often ask me the question, like, should I be using automated bid management from Google or should I still be doing my own bid management? And I think it's kind of um, an incorrect question to some degree. So let's go to the next slide. And so when Google says that they have automated bid management and you know target cost per acquisition, target ROAS, um, there is actually documentation from Google. They've written a white paper. And one of the quotes that's really interesting that a lot of people I think miss is, to accommodate brief anticipated changes in performance, Google, we recommend that advertisers adjust their bidding targets, whether it's BCPA or ROADS, proportionally to the predicted increase or decrease in conversion rate or value. Okay, so this is really interesting because what it's saying, if you go to the next slide, is that Google is gonna look at a number of factors 
such as the device type that the user is searching for, um, the time of day, the words in the query. They will look at all of those things and they're automating, figuring out how these things impact conversion rate. But things relative to your business that Google doesn't necessarily know about, like what kind of sales are you running? Um, you know, how does the weather impact your sales? A classic example is if you're a ski resort and you're renting skis, well, it's good to know that conversion rate varies between device types and Google will figure that out. But is Google really looking at how much snow just fell on the mountain where you're actually operating? Probably not, because that probably is very relevant to your business, but not that relevant to the millions of other advertisers. So what Google is saying is though, even though they're automating some of the bid management, you should still be managing the cost per acquisition and ROAS targets. So instead of managing a CPC bid, you're managing a CPA bid and you still have to think about that. So let me illustrate why this is important. So if you had a CPA target that was static, um, you look at that blue line and this is your actual conversion rate. Now on day four, you start a sale. So all of a sudden your conversion rate spikes it would take Google's predictive mechanism a couple of days to pick up on that. And that's the red line. So that red line is trailing the actual performance of your account. So that is bad. If you go to the next slide, the reason that this is bad is that Google will stick with the old bid until they have the new predictive model based on the new reality that's happening. So for a couple of days, you're actually gonna be running with a bid that is too low and if you go to the next slide, the reason that a low bid is uh, a bad thing is because it's basically giving up the opportunity to sell more things, to have more conversions, right? So your target CPA, which is the dotted line at the top of that slide, if that's $5, your actual CPA performance that comes out of it uh, is gonna be much lower for a couple of days. And you could see this two ways, right? You could say this is a good thing because low CPA, great. Um, but, but you have to consciously make that decision. If you're just letting Google handle all of this, then this is what's going to come out of it. You're going to have a lower cost per acquisition, but you're also going to have fewer sales than you could have gotten for that period when a sale was impacting your conversion rates. So um, I think it's kind of a, a wrong question to say, should we be using automated bid management or manual bid management? I think even automated bid management from Google still has manual components. It's just that Google is doing some of the things you had to do manually in the past, like figuring out device types, time of day, those types of types of things. You no longer have to do. You can focus on the things that are more specific to your business. Um, so like what type of sales do we have? How's the weather impacting it? So uh, that's a word on bid management and, and just something I wanted to make clear because again, as Google automates more, this is something that we should be thinking about. So let's look at the next slide here. Um, so the, the next topic is shopping ads. Uh, shopping ads is not deeply tied to the new interface, but shopping ads are really important. If you look at the next slide, because for retailers, this is becoming a more and more significant portion of all the clicks that happen on Google. Um, so you see a couple of charts here from the Merkle RKG quarterly report, really good report if you haven't checked it out. Uh, but basically Google shopping ads or PLAs are up 40% year over year. In, uh, in terms of spending, and that's compared to only 4% when you look at text ads. So all of digital marketing is growing, but shopping ads are growing even more so for retailers. If you look at the percentage of the paid search clicks coming from shopping ads, you see that's now at about 82% for non-branded queries, 60% of total queries. And that line has been going up and to the right. 
Um, so if you look at the next slide, Google has been doing a lot of things to make this happen, um, such as making shopping ads available in more and more places. It used to be that you had to do a search with a keyword that would trigger the shopping ads. But now these shopping ads may also show on the display network. They show up on YouTube. They can show up in Gmail. Um, and so just if you haven't monetized these new opportunities, make sure you update your campaign settings to enable Google to show ads in more places. If you're using the new automated uh, shopping campaign type, Google will automatically figure out where to show the ads across these four properties. So let's take a look at the next slide. Um, so when it comes to shopping ads, they also have showcase shopping ads. Uh, this is also something that's been evolving. It is new since the last time I did this webinar. Um, it is now a couple of months old, but basically it's really enabling um, retailers to highlight their best products for more generic queries. Shopping ads have been amazing at showing the right product when the user is looking for that specific product. But shopping is a lot about um, you know, the experience of finding something cool. So if I'm looking for mirrors, I may not have a, a specific idea about what kind of mirror I want to buy. I may not know about all the retailers that sell mirrors. And these are ways for retailers to showcase their best products, um, kind of the lifestyle of their brand through images. And then people can open up these ad units um, and then they can start engaging and eventually find their way down to a specific product that they like. And these you can bid on uh, by engagement. So let's go to the next slide. Um, and this, this is kind of brand new, but uh, local catalog ads. So again, this is to the point that uh, users, they want to have that experience of finding something new, of shopping. That's why retailers send out catalogs. You know, users don't necessarily know what they want to buy, but if you show them a catalog of the beautiful things that you sell, they may think, oh yeah, that's actually something that I would like to have. That experience is now available on the display network, right? So it's more of a catalog experience. And this is a new thing that Google has launched. Um, and that is going to help you connect to consumers who may not have been in the mindset of, I want to buy this thing, but you can sort of encourage them to consider the products that you sell. Let's take a look at the next slide. So uh, the other, and then this is kind of a biggie here, but the way that people are searching is changing. So with all of these digital voice assistants, uh, now it's very conceivable that a user is going to say, hey, um, she who shall not be named, otherwise she's going to activate in my office, but uh, hey, go and buy me some new laundry detergent. Um, this is interesting because you probably have your favorite kind of laundry detergent. If you make that easy to transact through a voice assistant, that can become a very quick reordering experience. Think of, about the Amazon dash buttons where you just push a button to get that new product. Well, now you can do sort of the same thing for anything that you sell. You don't have to have a dash button. You can just ask your assistant, hey, fill up on toilet paper. She already knows or he already knows uh, what type of toilet paper that would be. So uh, shopping actions are becoming more and more available for advertisers and people who have used it have seen pretty good results. So if you're more in the, you know, CPG or, or the types of things that are maybe lower consideration, um, certainly make sure that you're enabling these capabilities so that you can take advantage of this whole new platform of where users are interacting um, with retail ads. So let's go to the next one. So uh, the next one here is um, about price benchmarks. So Google has had decent price benchmarks that a lot of people actually don't realize they have, but they are limited to some of the top products. Google has announced that this month they will be making available better price benchmarks so that you can see how your pricing stacks up against your competitors. 
this is very useful because a lot of people, when they think about um, online marketing, they think about, I'm going to raise my CPC bid to get more of the pie uh, of whatever I'm selling. Well, what if your price was just a little bit higher than your competitors? Would it actually be beneficial for you to slightly decrease your price as opposed to raise your bid? Uh, you could actually drive more sales without changing your bid, but by lowering your price. And that could actually, in some cases, be cheaper for your business. So Google is making it easier to get access to that specific data. Um, so let's go ahead and take a look at the next slide. Um, this one is about tracking the results that happen. So if you are selling your product through major retailers, you can now enable affiliate extensions, and these can happen uh, across the, the, the various channels. Uh, so search, display, YouTube. Basically, what this does is if you sell the product through a retailer like Best Buy, you can say, hey, Google, my product is available for sale in Best Buy. And even though you're not Best Buy, now the Best Buy location extensions will basically show up next to your product ads so that you can take people to the stores where they can go and touch your products, feel your products, engage with them, and hopefully also buy them. That enables Google to do better measurability of what is actually getting people to go to the stores where you sell your product, and then also connect that sale in that store to the fact that they came to your shopping ad. Um, so this is brand new and this is ex expanding as well. Okay, so then the, uh, the next one, and I think this is the final one on shopping, is supplemental product feeds. So one problem that I see with retailers is that for you to do the best job in AdWords, you often have to change some things in the feed. You basically have to do feed optimization to get better headlines, to have better prices, to maybe uh, categorize things in certain ways that you want to use to group products in your AdWords product groups. Managing a feed is very painful because your feeds are often automatically generated. If you inject yourself into that process and you go and manually tweak it, you're breaking the automated feed. And every time it gets regenerated, all of your manual changes are lost. So Google has this thing called a supplemental feed. You can put a feed that you as a marketer control and you can put in the things that, that matter to you for taking control over AdWords. So go to the next slide. So here's a, a simple example of a supplemental feed. So here I've taken some item IDs and I put in price buckets. So I'm using custom label zero to put prices into price ranges. And now this is interesting because it enables you to do the following. So if you go to the next slide, um, by, by using custom labels um, and grouping your products and in individual product groups, you can actually start to make really interesting changes to how you manage bids, okay? So say that you sell shoes. You've put each type of shoe, each size, each brand into its own product group. And maybe you've used the supplemental feed to feed in some additional information about the price range, the margin, something else. Now, if you go to the next slide, what you can do is you can look at the data and you can say, well, for example, tell me what size of shoe has the best performance. So here we can see that a size 11 and a half has a conversion value over cost, ROAS roughly of about 1300%. Size 10 has a 0% ROAS. If you go to the next slide, what you might want to do based on this information is reduce your bids for size 10 shoes because they don't really convert that well. Size 11 and a half does, but size 10 doesn't, right? So if you have every product in an individual product group with the attributes that you actually want to control, you can say, change my bids for things that meet these criteria. Um, so today we've done this based on the size of the shoe, but if you go to the next slide, perhaps tomorrow you run a different analysis and you look at the color 
of the different products that you sell. And you see that red things sell better than blue things. Okay, so maybe you want to raise your bids for those red things. Now you actually can do that because each product lives in its own product group. The next day, if you go to the next slide, maybe you want to look at the brand of the products that you sell. And now you can see, okay, for Nike, this is the performance. Uh, Nike performs worse than Adidas. So let's lower the bids for Nike. And because each product lives in its own product group and you have all the custom attributes and all the, uh, you know, the, the, the feed data that you need, you can actually not only get the data, about what's performing well, but you can also act on it really nicely. Okay, so uh, let's go to the next slide, and I think that's going to be my final one. Uh, but but here's the problem, right? So if you were grouping all of your products kind of in product groups with multiple products, now you have to bid the same thing for all sizes because size nine, ten, and eleven, the different brands, they're all grouped together because you haven't gone to a very granular structure. Um, but so these supplemental feeds enable you to put in the elements that you want to structure your account to buy, how you want to make product groups, and then enables you to take much more active control over managing these campaigns. Um, so to kind of bring it back to the automation point, Google is trying to automate a lot of this sophistication and figuring out the right bids in the right scenarios. But for us on this call, uh, we're kind of control freaks probably because we are PPC experts. That's kind of our nature. So uh, for a while, I think there's actually a lot of value in managing these things pretty tightly as opposed to just relying on the automations that Google is giving us. I think those automations will get much better over time. At some point, we may have to consider uh, relying on them much more. Uh, but for now, these are some of the cool things that you can do with shopping ads if you actually decide to manage it uh, yourself. So I think that was my final slide, Jeff. Uh, but let's go ahead and click Next to check on that. And that's right. So. Uh, Thank you for listening to me. I'll be happy to take questions at the end. And uh, Jeff, the floor is yours. Great. Thanks, Fred. And thanks for the uh, for the great insights, especially about shopping, because it really is so complex and always looking for uh, new ways, new advantages to better leverage shopping. So I'm going to talk about some of the new reporting and insight features that are going to be available in the new AdWords interface, or I should say the new Google Ads interface with the change that Google made to its branding yesterday. So uh, when I go into a Google account, this is what I feel like it is to me. I really do feel like it's a cockpit. When I open up a Google uh, account, I, it to me, it's a bunch of dials, levers, and an overload of information, and you get that momentary angst of, wow, what do I do with all this, and how do I steer this to, to, to take all these things that I could potentially do in account and find the right sequence of things to be able to do and pull the right uh, levers and dials and gain the right insights so I can uh, make sure that I'm driving my account towards goals. And then this is the way I feel when I open up a Google account sometimes. Uh, I feel like I have to take a breath. Sometimes I actually have to get out of the interface and then go back in because sometimes even with uh, 15 years of experience, it still feels fairly overwhelming. So uh, I can sympathize with Kramer on this one. But not to fear. Google has addressed these issues or has started to address these issues. So what, what Google has done with the new interface, they've really made it more insight driven. So when you log into the account now or into your account, you're going to see something called the standard dashboard. And it's going to be a bunch of 
data sets they're laid out visually uh for instance here you can see you know biggest changes that happened in your account you can see the campaigns that have had the most movement hour and day analysis device analysis and this dashboard goes on and on they have uh, uh competitive analysis but the point behind it is the dashboard gives you good solid information to help you wrap your head around what's performance against my goals. Google has also worked on the second part of the problem, which is what do I do with all this data? What are the next action steps? So in the old interface, this was commonly referred to as the opportunities tab. Now what Google has done is they built something called the auto recommendations, which is really a recommendation engine. And what they've done is they've split it up into categories. So you can work on your uh, you know, auto recommendations depending on what you're ready to work on in that particular time. So if you're wanting to work on all recommendations you can have them all up you can cycle all through them or you can pick ads and extensions or bids and budgets or repairs which is uh, an interesting feature it'll actually go through areas of your site that may be broken maybe there's urls that aren't working and then you can repair them or at least diagnose them so you can click on the recommendation and then within a couple of clicks you can uh do an auto optimization. So what Google is doing essentially is saying, here's the data, here's the insights, here's what it means, and then here's the next action steps that you can take. So it start the the interface is allowing to allowing you the flexibility to steer in a particular direction instead of trying to figure it all out on your own. What I also love that Google has done with the new interface is they've also created this concept of custom dashboards. So the one thing that we can't forget with the Google interface and the standard dashboards and the standard data is that the interface is trying to be all things to all people. So not all data that you see that standard is relevant or it doesn't provide all of the context that you need in that moment to make decisions. Every account has its own rhythm, it has its own cadence, and everyone is looking at specialized metrics in order to be able to determine where the real success is and where the real areas of optimization are. So what I did for this webinar is I created a couple sample dashboards. So I created a very rudimentary year-over-year uh, -year mobile conversion and impression share. So essentially looking back over the last 30 days year-over-year, how am I trending in conversions? How am I trending with impression share? I also created a simple chart that tracks clicks versus impressions. The point is you can create, through the power of Google's reporting, literally dozens of different dashboard items. They'll automatically update for you. And then at a click glance, you can get those additional insights that you need. And then when combining them with standard insights that you're getting from the standard dashboard, you can get a really good picture at a glance of the state of your account. Now, one thing that I was disappointed in and sad to see go was the dimensions uh, tab. So in the old interface, I was personally able to solve more account problems by opening up the dimensions tab, you know, quickly looking at the data tables and be able to detect different anomalies and data patterns, uh, uh, whether it was through time of day or over the course of a week or a month, to be able to determine if I had an account issue and I can go right to that source and fix it. 
But what I like is that Google has replaced it with something called predefined reports. So it works just like the old dimensions tab, but they've enhanced it. And what they've done is they're allowing you to create a graphical output, which I love, because it is difficult at times looking at just straight data tables. So what you can do is you can add through Google's reporting, and if you remember in the old interface, they have a whole reporting section, you can add a lot more fields and you can pivot that data in all types of unique ways to come up with these predefined reports. So for this example, I just used the last 30 days and I showed uh, the relation of conversions to average position because I was curious to see where the sweet spot is. So at just a quick glance, I'm able to see, you know, where the sweet spots are or where areas where my position is kind of low and my conversions are suffering as a result. I can see which days of the week. It allows me just to quickly gain this additional information that helps me make better decision making. Now, predefined reports are static. They're not going to update like the way the dashboard is, but Google's made it easier. Uh, to just switch the date range. And by just switching the date range, you can have an updated report. And then what Google has done is they've created an area where you can organize all your reports and all your dashboards. So you can have all the reports that you want. You can create multiple dashboards. So you can have dashboards that are uh, serving different functions and you can have them in a nice organized way that you can quickly access. And then to finish up on insights and reporting features, I want to talk a little bit about demographics. So demographic targeting has been around for quite a while now, but I always found that demographic targeting has been kind of linear and static, meaning if I want to get a good assessment in my account, how certain age groups are performing or certain genders, I could get that. But what the new interface does really well, they've added the combination uh, factor in. So you can take multiple demographics, you can put them together to get really cool additional insights. And I was actually blown away by this result. So I took this data directly from an account that I manage and the account I manage is a school. So my assumption has always been that younger people go to school. Well, by mashing up this data and combining age, gender, and household income, I learned that female senior citizens in the lower income brackets are really interested in going back to school. And based on the fact that the cost per conversion was only $150, which for this particular client is a great cost per conversion, and a conversion rate of nearly 9.5%, that now this begs the larger strategic question is, how do I better target females that are uh, going to school? How do I specifically uh, target uh, senior citizens that are interested in schools? So now I'm starting to think about how do we address that through landing pages? How do we address that through messaging? Do we need different campaigns? This all came from a quick five minute mashup of these different demographic types to give me a whole new take on my account that I didn't know uh, specifically existed. So uh, something that's very powerful for you to leverage and I'm glad that the uh, new interface includes the ability to combine demographics. 
So moving on, now I'm going to spend a couple minutes talking about enhanced YouTube advertising. Old settings. So in the interface that's currently running that's going to be retired in a couple weeks, this is a standard YouTube setting. So it does the job. It allows you to choose standard, which will drive views, awareness, and convergence. It's trying to be everything to everyone, or you can have a shot one. It's good, but particularly flexible. New settings. So, like Fred mentioned, uh, campaigns are goal-oriented now, and these campaign setting features are available in search and GDN as well. So, in YouTube uh, particularly, you can choose a campaign goal. You can choose your YouTube campaign to be a lead generator, uh, a traffic generator, or you can use it for brand consideration or awareness. And then what the system will do is it'll auto load uh, the features and recommendations that are needed in order for you to achieve the goal of your campaign. So this is the machine being able to help with campaign setup to apply the specific settings you need to accomplish your goals and have your account run your race. Another feature that YouTube is now leveraging that I think is exciting is custom intent audiences. So this already exists on the search side, it exists on GDN, and what you can do is you can create audience or audiences that are based on a very specific intent. So Google, when a search happens, uh, and uh, ad shows all the mountains of data that Google's crunching at one time, they get very clear signals to tell you the intent of the user. So we know if a user is a buyer, we know if they're just in research mode. We can now build audiences off of that. We can now bring these audiences over to YouTube. So this way, person A who's uh, already searched on, on uh, Google, has a specific intent, then comes to YouTube, we already know that intent, now we can show video assets that continue on with that intent. So if someone is interested in buying a pair of Air Jordans, for instance, we can show them a video ad that has Air Jordans in it and shows people wearing them and whatnot. So this is uh, an example of build of how a custom intent audience is built. And I credit one of our PPC heroes, Mike Matta, uh, for creating this. So uh, YouTube custom intent audience work best when there's specificity involved. So you want to have a topic or that, that's fairly specific or a specific uh, angle to that topic. So for instance, with home brewing, by taking a combination of keywords and URLs, we're able to develop a very specific audience that we're gonna target those who are learning how to homebrew. And then based on that, we can combine this, for instance, with TrueView for action ads. So now we have very specific targeting. Now we can create video copy that has very specific call to actions. So this functionality has been around for a while, but now we're able to actually combine it with the targeting to have the right video assets show up at the right time with the right call of action. So for instance, if you're searching for financial advisor, 
that's a pretty broad intent, but the intent is is that uh, that person is in research mode. They're looking for a financial advisor. They then come over to YouTube. We can show them a video about financial advisors, but that ad can have a call to action that says learn more. And then by clicking that call to action, you can go directly to the landing page and you can learn more about that financial advisor if you choose not to look at the entire ad. So you're able to combine targeting and ad copy together to have more of a direct response experience on YouTube. So now I'm gonna talk about uh, message testing and build off of what Fred talked about a few moments ago. So the biggest takeaway is that ad writing, as you know it, is yesterday's news. Uh, the concept of A-B testing is going away. So for the past 100, 120 years, the standard's been A-B testing. You know, Claude Hopkins, who wrote back in 1900, uh, scientific advertising advocated split tests and at the time he would write ads in newspapers or sales letters he would test them one at a time people would respond through postcards or uh, coming into his office and he would measure the results of his ads that way and then determine which ad or sales uh, message won and then he would introduce the next copy and then the testing would go on in the digital marketing age, we've been able to close that loop to nearly real time where we can alternate the showing of ads, but it's still writing one ad, testing for a winner, setting a new control, and then uh, rerunning the test. So essentially, A-B testing is out and concept testing is in. So we have to be more strategic with our testing, and frankly, we'll have better outcomes if we are more strategic with our testing. So for instance, instead of thinking about making small tweaks to ad copy and switching exclamation points versus periods or question marks, that we come up with new big bold ideas of how we want to message our product and our service. And like Fred said earlier through response ads, we would feed those uh, into Google. Uh, Google will mash up dozens of variations of those ads and then it's going to give you the results and you can understand which concept won. So while Google is also doing the tactical piece for you of mashing up all those ads and it saves you the time of having to create 10 or 12 different ads to test, what you're gaining is valuable strategic insight. By learning what big idea is working or what big message is resonating, now we have information like we haven't had before that we can take to the rest of our digital marketing program. So for instance, we learned that a big concept is working that can lead into the way that you're writing your email blasts or new copy for landing pages or the way that you're rewriting your SEO titles, for instance. So not only is PPC direct, a direct response driver, it's now an even bigger laboratory than it was to gain insights about your audience in order to use throughout your digital marketing program. And then through attribution, you're able to connect all those dots together to know how channels are feeding each other. So we have this great breeding ground for learnings to make our PPC better and make our entire digital marketing program that much stronger. So I just wanted to finish up with a final thought. 
everything that we talked about today, and Fred, feel free to, to jump in as well. It's, it's really all about machines and strategy. So the new AdWords interface, a lot of the new features that are coming out, the reason they're automated is to drive more insights and have you have more time available to work on strategy. So our jobs are not going away. Our jobs are actually leveling up. It's understanding what all this means. What does it mean when we have a brand new concept that does well in an ad test? What does it mean when we have to think about strategically the way that we're bidding on shopping? We need humans to be able to decipher that, explain that to our stakeholders, and create the strategy that's going to steer the machines to deliver the results that we want. So I believe the quicker that we acknowledge it and embrace it and embrace the strategic approach, the quicker that we can get a leg up on our competitors. Yeah. And yep, go ahead, Fred. No, I, th I think it's exactly right. So it's uh, humans plus machines are going to be better. Um, so a lot of the automation that we see from Google is really focused on the low-end, unsophisticated advertiser and enabling them to get onto the platform. Uh, but again, for the people like us, it's just about being able to do the things we know we should be doing, uh, but with better starting points, right? Better information so that we don't spend half of our day crunching the data when the machine could have easily done that and uh, told us what we should be thinking about. Exactly. And I think it'll just accelerate success. There'll be an adjustment period and we're going through that adjustment period now, but we'll uh, we'll adapt to it. I'm, I'm confident of it and I think we'll all be better for it. So that's the end of our content portion, but we, we're not done yet. We have some things we want to share. And one of those things that we want to share is that this past Tuesday, uh, Hennepin released its paid state, uh, its state of paid social, uh, which is a compilation of data from across the paid social space. Uh, there's a link available to you in the chat box. I would highly suggest that you read it to get the insights of how marketers are uh, spending on social and to what level they're spending and how they see uh, paid social going in terms of the worlds that they're marketing in. So really important information. We also have some offers available that we would like to offer you. So the first one would be optimizers uh, uh, offer. And Fred, do you want to speak a little bit about the offer? Yeah, so basically uh, I'm happy to have a one-on-one -on -one chat with anyone who thinks they might be able to use some help and maybe take a look at optimizers tools and how we can make you more efficient in this uh, rapidly changing world of AdWords. Great. And then uh, Hennepin is offering an email copy of the Hennepin's multi-brand playbook. And that playbook is a compilation of our experiences and how we've successfully managed uh, paid search and social accounts where, where brands are segmented. So we understand that many companies offer different brands, which means that's a different way that you have to handle uh, PPC. So it's very good reading, very informative. So uh, uh, please let us know what type of offer that you would like to see or, or get. And now I think we're ready for Q&A time. I think we have a few minutes to answer some questions. 
Uh, yeah, let's do that. So <clears throat> we'll leave the poll up for just uh, a couple more seconds here, and then you'll be able to see uh, Jeff and myself's beautiful faces once again as we take your questions. But Jeff, why don't we start with uh, a question that's relevant to what you just talked about? So with responsive text ads, uh, can you see how which facets are actually working? Are you grouping things by concept? How do you see what line of copy actually works? Sure. So. Google is providing reports back that's showing which combinations of ads are working. So what I do have to double check on is if they have data broken down by the individual assets. So for instance, if you feed in a very specific headline or a very specific uh, description line that's used multiple ways, can you tie it back and say that particular asset is is you know performing at this particular level uh but my understanding is at least you're going to see what the final product was of that ad and how that ad performed yeah and that's always what excites me is that google comes up with these pretty amazing solutions but then there's always like a little thing that's missing in terms of reportability or you know, how do you take it to the next level? And, and that's what's so fun in our jobs, like writing new scripts that can pull out this information and actually present you the data that you need. Um, because keep in mind, when I was at Google, I mean, we were building stuff for millions of advertisers. Um, and the kinds of questions that come out on webinars like this are, are, you know, far more advanced than what the typical advertiser wants. So it may not be the first thing Google thinks about. Um, but yeah, and another line of questioning, and so a couple of questions came in around this is, uh, uh, what impact do you think local service ads will have on Google ads? What's happening with local service ads? What's happening with AdWords Express? Um, as the, these new uh, automated campaigns, smart campaigns are coming out. And so to, to add a little more detail to that, so smart campaigns are actually built on top of AdWords Express. For now, Google seems to indicate that both of these systems will continue to operate. Um, so they're not retiring AdWords Express for the time being. They are saying that the smart campaigns being built on AdWords Express actually have about three times the performance, the results of a typical AdWords Express campaign because you are giving a lot more control to Google. Um, so those two things will continue to happen. Local service ads, that seems to continue as an independent thing. Um, and then some of the questions were, how do we access these things through the new AdWords interface? Um, there's no update on that, so it looks like we're still going to continue to manage these things the uh, the old-fashioned ways. Um, and then at some point, Google may roll it all together. Obviously, Google's having a major launch event on July 10th, so sign up for the live stream that they have. They've already said they will be announcing new campaign types at that event. We don't know what those are. Uh, we can only speculate at this point, but um, it should be good. Uh, some, some of the stuff that we heard about in the last year's launch event, like custom intent audiences, um, actually took almost a year for it to really become available to people. So some of the things Jeff was talking about, uh, we're gonna hear what Google's planning for the next year, and then hopefully we'll get our hands on it soon afterwards, but not necessarily holding our breath. Um, so let's see, there was also a question about the display planner functionality being grayed out in the new interface. Um, I don't have a ton of detail on that other than the fact that Google says it's because they expect you to get those uh, plans and those estimates as you're building the campaign. And that actually makes sense to me. It's always been a little weird that you have like one planning stage and then separately from that, you have to go into the build out. 
Um, I think the more that they can bring building and planning into a single step, it actually makes the process easier. Uh, I do see where it makes it more challenging if you're trying to present a plan to an advertiser. Uh, so if you have a client who says, go and build me a plan and then I'll approve it, or maybe we'll tweak it and then you can build it. Um, for that kind of stuff, it, it probably makes sense to export what you build out uh, into AdWords editor, which is a really nice preview typically of what would be changed. The client can uh, put their thoughts into the spreadsheet and then you can easily tweak it. And once they're happy with it, then you can make it live in AdWords. Um, and so Jeff, I don't know if you have any thoughts on like feature parity between old and new interface. Uh, not a ton of detail right now. I mean, my understanding is they're, they're, yeah, we're not really, we're not losing any functionality. It's just, they're rolling it into the new interface with essentially a new skin. And I think it would make sense with, with, with the display example to take this opportunity to put things where they logically should have been all along. So it'll be an adjustment, but it's really going back and saying, no, really, we should have had the planning stage and the building stage all together. And I think that you're going to see a lot of that throughout the interface if you're building through there. Yeah. Um, there was another question that came up when I was speaking about um, what to do when you have a sale or an upcoming holiday in terms of bid management. Um, the question is, did I mean that you should turn off automated bids and target CPA bids at that point? Uh, not necessarily that's one approach, right? You can turn it off and go to manual bidding, uh, but really what Google is recommending and what I think makes sense as well is that in response and anticipation of a sale, you actually change your targets. So just like you would have done with a CPC bid, if you know you've got a sale coming up and your conversion rate's gonna double and you can afford to pay twice as much for the click, you go and raise your CPC bid in anticipation of that. It's the same thing now that we're talking about target CPA and target ROAS. So if you know that sale is gonna happen, if you know it's gonna snow and that's gonna affect your conversion rate, if you know that your business is restructuring, anything that you know about your business that Google probably doesn't know, go and change those targets because you know it is gonna change the typical conversion rate. It is gonna change the typical conversion value per click that you're getting, right? If you have a sale, you're probably gonna sell more stuff for each click that you get. So that enables you to bid higher um, and still come in at your ROAS targets. Um, so that, that was the point I'm making. I'm not saying turn it off. I'm saying change your targets in anticipation. Um, okay, we have another question here. Is it possible to combine the demographic information? We have to build more granular audiences for RLSA campaigns, or will those lists of people tend to be too small for targeting? Hmm. That's a... Good question. As far as I know, I don't think that you can take those lists and mash them up together. Uh, my opinion on this is Google still has more work to do. Uh, like you've been saying, Fred, it, it's looking at the masses, but doesn't look at the individual situation. So I think there's still going to be a, some limitations are doing it the old way to get the type of audiences we want and uh, you know re reach those people that we want to reach. Yeah, and I think also with demographics and age range and gender, you know, Google doesn't really have minimum data requirements necessarily, not to the same degree that RLSA does. So if you're actually building an RLSA list based on very small sets of customers, that becomes difficult to target because 
you know, if you have a list of 100 people, well, are those 100 people necessarily going to the places where you would have been able to find them? Um, and does it lead into privacy concerns? So that, that's where it becomes challenging. If it's more straight up, listen, I, I, sell, um, I sell educational programs and I don't want to sell it to anyone over the age of 65, you can basically turn that target off and you'll still have um, all of the other people seeing that. Um, right, but I wouldn't necessarily take these things and put them into RLSA. I would just use them as bid modifiers or targeting enablers or disablers. Mm -hmm. uh, another question, with the new audiences available in search, do we see the depth of the keyword approaching? No. No, I don't think so. The keyword is too important, right? I mean, and th think yeah. about how everybody's getting creeped out to some degree by everything Facebook knows about you. Um, I would almost argue there is a movement the other way. People would prefer to just be targeted of the thing that they specifically said, this is what I need right now. Don't try to figure stuff out based on the fact that my browser was open on this page six months ago and then I walked. Like that. that's where people are getting concerned. If I type in, I need a new pair of sneakers, yeah, please show me the sneakers I'm looking for, right? So I think the keyword is actually far from dead. Yeah, and I also think that with things like custom intent audiences, they need the keywords in order to be able to refine that intent. There's just more signals behind that data. So I think of anything, the keyword is being enhanced to a degree. You know, I think it's more about specificity than the broad stroke. But uh, I think you know using that keyword and then building data behind it to get those signals is where it's going now. And I think you're going to still get that intent even with voice search because you're going to be you know voice searching through keywords or queries that are going to be able to, to show that intent. Exactly. Yep. Well, I think um, we had a follow-up question on the, uh, the the display planner. Uh, maybe we can take that offline if you want to shoot us an email. Um, but basically, Display Planner is going away in the new interface. You can still maybe find it in the old interface, but uh, it is not going to magically reappear. It's just it's not there in the new interface. Um, with that, shall we wrap it up, Jeff? Sure. There is a big Belgian soccer match and, uh, in the World Cup, and I am Belgian, so it starts in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got we to get Fred to the match. We got to get to the important stuff. So I want to thank you all for attending our webinar. Uh, if you need to contact uh, Hannapin or want to contact Hannapin, just reach us at marketing at hannapinmarketing.com or contact Optimizer directly at frederick at optimizer.com. Thank you all for attending and enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the upcoming holiday.